I don't know what is happening to me. All I know is that it is happening. Tonight on The CW. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? It's the incredible new series from Ava DuVernay. You have power I have never felt before. This is real, whether you believe it or not. I just want to be normal. You're not normal. You, Naomi McDuffie, are exceptional. Naomi, the can't-miss series premiere tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50, Washington CW. Your city, your podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Back to the Bird, presented by the PodHub Network. My guest today isn't quite from Western PA, but he is a graduate of Carlisle, PA, or Carlisle High School in PA. It's, south, it's a little south-central but still in the Keystone State. Um, he's a creative who has worked many jobs and you've probably seen his work, you just don't know it. Um, now he brings his award-winning talents to the North Shore as the new VP of content and creative for our Pittsburgh Pirates. Please welcome John Willie. John, nice to meet you, man. Hey, nice to meet you too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you uh, responded to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you it. see, just through our text conversations, I'm like, this guy is the guy I want to talk to. He's yeah. just fun-loving. Like, I, I saw in one of your, uh, like, portfolios that you're, you you let off saying, I use a lot of exclamation points. I'm yeah, just exactly. a fun-loving guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. I'm very, uh, I, I speak and I write in uh, in my thought process. And uh, it's it's weird for people to grasp sometimes and uh don't sound like your your typical 43 year old dude you know but uh it it just that's who I am I still feel like I'm 25 most of the time hey that's I bet a lot of people wish they had that mindset in life (laughs) 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 but anyway we let's get into your early life Um, yeah we'll we'll talk about your your 20s here in a second though nice so let's start uh when you were a kid you were just telling me you're a little bit of a military brat uh, yeah. your, your dad was in the military, graduated from West Point. What yep. was that experience like growing up? Um, it was awesome. Um, so this was, you know, I am not a digital native. Um, I, unless you, unless you call, you know, um, a Commodore 64 and a, the original Nintendo, you know, uh, the, the digital at that point, that was the, the closest thing I got growing up. But um, no, it was, it was amazing. I, I, I you know, like I was born in Fort Benning, Georgia. My dad was, um, a, my dad was there and, 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 um, oh, my parents were there, uh, after, you know, he graduated from West Point and my sister was, was already born and, and, um, wasn't there for long. I think they were there for six months, you know, and then moved to Panama. Um, and so I, you know, I lived in Panama when I was a, a young child baby and um as i was just starting to speak and i was told that i was fairly fluent in spanish at that point um and uh just you know there were so many things that uh that i don't remember that i wish i could about the the young time i think it's my my earliest memories were um actually in bloomington indiana when my dad went to, to grad school um at, at iu um and uh you know, that's when I started remembering life a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it was an amazing time. Again, like I said, I, I, gra- I had 19 different addresses before I graduated from Carlisle High School. Um, and, uh, you know, each one of them, I remember vividly, some of them were literally moves across the street, you know, with the promotion um, in the army. But uh, that life to me, I think has set me up to become um 
you know, a, a stronger uh, person um, in the fact that, you know, when things like this happen or when things like, you know, um, losing, losing, you know, my startup to the pandemic and, and other, you know, and other reasons, like I'm able to transition from away from those pretty quickly because that's just what I do. Um, and that's what I've always done. And, and I can <clears throat> kind of, I, I don't, you know, call the emotion a little bit, I guess you could say not as yeah. not easier, not as easy for my wife um, to do. Uh, but um, to me, I, I always I'm an eternal optimist, which is drives people absolutely crazy sometimes. Um, but uh, it's just unapologetically who I am uh, and who I'm going to be. And <clears throat> I, I, I go I interviewed here and I one of the things I said was I always assume brilliance and until you prove otherwise. And, yeah. and, and so to me, that was just a, a huge, you know, piece of, um, of, of who I am growing up too. Uh, and it really helped me through. And I think, you know, I, I, I look at my parents as, as being the, the big, uh, big pieces of that and the reasons why. So yeah, it was a fun, fun life. That's for sure. Still is. Yeah. Well, Hey, being an eternal optimist is a good thing when you're working for the pirates. Right. I know. <laughs> Tell me about it. That's, we'll, we can we'll get, get into it later, but that's yeah, why we can get into that later. But just yeah. as it, and to com- compare a little bit, you know, I just told you I, I moved out to New Jersey three weeks after graduating college. I only went to college an hour away from where I grew up and I only had two addresses there. Yeah. And so moving out here was I was probably like your wife. You know, I was like, I didn't want to leave. I remember my dad getting on the train back to Pennsylvania and I was like, it's actually, he used to be very emotional when I played football and I, yeah. I, I never really understood it. <laughs> and then whenever he left me here alone, I like had the same reaction that he used to have. And it's, yep. it's you know, that that emotional attachment to home is kind of, it's, Hey, it's what inspired this podcast. So it. it's still doing good things. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so growing up, uh, obviously you're moving around a lot where, did you have a, a any time to play sports? Like, did you have roots anywhere long enough to be able to do that? Or was it just, all right, I'm a free agent. Let's go wherever. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I, you know, did the, the kids stuff, right? Like whatever you do, soccer and T-ball, um, and baseball, but I was never really via, like extremely passionate about sports. They were never, um, it was never something where, you know, I, I followed the statistics. Um, I, I, you know, there's, there's funny stories about me working, you know, for years uh, at the Diamondbacks and not knowing really what division we were in and not really caring, you know, um, <clears throat> there's a, I get into some, some, some arguments on Twitter a little bit about it um, because there's this, there's a couple of schools of thought and we can talk about it a little later on, on how I lead as a creative um, and how I hire as a creative uh, in the sports world, but yeah, no, I, um, so I grew up, uh, playing, um, I actually, I actually fell in love with golf in high school in Carlisle, um, because we were, you know, the, the, the high school course was the military course, the, the course on okay. base. Um, and so I would go, um, I would go, <laughs> I would play, you know, two rounds a day in the summer with these older gentlemen, retirees who, you know, hit the ball a hundred yards dead straight every time. And that's kind of how I learned how to play. And I was, I'm a big dude. I was always a big dude. And, and uh, so whenever I figured out how to hit the ball straight, you know, it, it became fun for me. And then I, you know, got on the high school golf team um, as a, uh, as a junior and senior, I was a captain as a senior and and then took that into my collegiate 
freshman year um, and uh, didn't last long because you realized you couldn't do like I was pre-med and I couldn't do medicine and, yeah. and, and, and that at the same time. So love golf, still play golf, played tennis competitively growing up, played ping pong competitively growing up. So I don't know. I was a, I was a weird, uh, a weird sports kid in that sense. So I like yeah. to learn a little bit of everything in, in everything that I do, like life-wise too. Um, so that was, uh, that was that the same thing happened to me in that situation. Yeah, no, I, I can relate to the, you know, first year college student wants to be a college athlete. And then you're yeah. like, wait, I can't do what I came here to do. You know, yeah, no. and yeah. I, I was I, I tell this story a couple of times. I told it on my friend's podcast that, uh, you know, I was on the sidelines playing football and I saw the TV crew like covering our game. And I was like, why am I sitting here in cleats and a helmet? I should be over there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so that's my thought process on my first year of college and how I got out of playing sports. Yep. yep. Um, but so I, I'm intrigued that you, you know, obviously you're a golf guy, you love golf. Yeah. But how did becoming like, where did coming, becoming an athletic trainer come from? <laughs> you didn't have that. Like you weren't in the locker room all the time. You know, you weren't, at least in my experience, that's kind of the, you know, the vibe. It's like, you're in the yeah. locker room. You want to take care of the athletes and you're, you're just, you're the guy there. Yeah. But being a golf guy, I, I don't really see that. So if you could uh, explain that, I'd really appreciate that. Yeah. So it was, it was a medicine thing. Um, and I, I remember it cause I lived in El Paso, Texas when I was a freshman and, and sophomore, my dad was stationed in Fort Bliss and, and ER had just come out at that point. Um, which, which dates. There's me. the inspiration. A long time. Yeah. And, um, and so, it's funny because I was a creative. I've always been a creative. I've always been an artist. Um, and um, I was doing, you know, portrait drawings when I was a, a young child. Um, and so that's something I carried over. And I, I actually interned at this medical illustrator's office um, when I was uh, in Bliss uh, at Fort Bliss in El Paso, Texas. Um, it was a Red Cross internship. It was really cool. So I got to, I got to um, <laughs> draw you know, medical techniques and medical things. And to me, that was amazing. And people made a career out of this. Like I had no idea. And this was, you know, mind you predating, this is 90, 92, 93, you know, um, predating any sort of social media, really computers at that point. Um, and so a different world back then for sure. Um, but, but, but ER came out and I was just like, well, you know, um, I really want to be a, like, creative i really wanted to be a disney animator at that point i always i still do um and uh but um there were a few things that that held me back and and so i was like okay i maybe i'll go into medicine because maybe i can make some money doing that pre-med would be fun maybe i'll be an army doctor i don't know i didn't really i was never pressured to go into you know follow my dad's footsteps to go to west Plain or anything or in the military at all um certainly thought about it um but uh, just really kind of <laughs> in the end had no interest in it. Um, but, um, so that was it. That was it. I started pre-med at Taylor. Um, and once I got to, to chemistry, it was just like, not for me. Um, you know, and they, they warn you like very, very upfront and then say like, you, you know, if you're, if you're not 100% in love with this, um, and you're not at the top of your class, there's a really good chance you're not going to get into med school. Um, and so I said, okay, what can I do in medicine that can still keep me, um, 
keep me close uh, to to medicine. And I was a you know I enjoyed watching sports at Taylor, it's a small school in the middle of nowhere, Indiana. So all you really had to do, you know, was was go to the basketball game or go to Silent Night or go to you know football game. And so I was like, I wonder if I can combine this. And I knew that you know, I, I dated a girl in high school um, who was an athletic trainer as well, and um, some friends who had finished the, the program at Slippery Rock. Um, and, uh, and so I said, oh, you know, maybe I'll do that. And so looked into it and transferred my major into sports medicine. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it was, um, it was a great opportunity for me. Um, I really excelled at it. I loved it because then I could put my, you know, I could put immediate medical knowledge to the, to the test without having to sit through chemistry and, uh, you know, and eight years of schooling. And so, um, you know, that was the draw for me to get into, um, the sports medicine world. That's pretty awesome. I mean, I, I have a couple friends that are also in the sports medicine field and it's yeah. like, they just fell in love with it. I don't know how, like it's, yeah. my brain is too dumb for that. <laughs> Let's just say that. Um, but so how does that transition? Yeah. Like you said you're always a creative. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of a lot of creative people, whether they know it or not, at a young age, it's like they're doing something. Yep. So they figure it all out. Yep. So how did that all come together? How? Because it also seems like the meta, the athletic training was kind of a means to an alternate end, if that makes sense. Like you're trying. One hundred percent was. Yeah, you're trying to make the money so that you could pursue your dream, which I guess most of us that are doing this independent independently are trying to do. That's what I'm yeah. trying to do. You know. Yep. So where does that transition start? Yeah, it's 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 an interesting story because um, I you know the goal when you get into sports medicine is to make it to the pros um, because there's there's really one reason about that as well and it's money um, and it's not your base salary it's 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 your bonus if you win um, and so you know you'd hear all these stories and they're still true to this day about you know, about athletic trainers in Major League Baseball or, or hockey or the NFL winning Super Bowls and getting half a million dollar shares, you know, um, and, and that's, it's no secret, right? That's part of the game. Um, and it's a, it's an amazing perk. And so for me, that was one of those that was, um, that I kept thinking about, like, okay, I'm going to make into the pros, I'm going to move up. Um, and, uh, you know, my, my transition into the creative though, was at, yeah, like I said, I grew up as a, as a, as a, you know, loving photography, um, big into it. That was film before there was any digital. Yeah. Um, and, uh, my dad was actually at the Gulf war at one point. Um, and some, uh, a friend of ours who was the, the head of photography for us news and world report came and did a story on our family. Um, and I just followed her around for a week, you know, with her cameras and and blew through rolls of film like nobody's business and learned some some of the interesting things about um, just a lot of the great stuff that you can do, you know, the stories you could tell. And so I was I was really kind of becoming a storyteller either through, you know, through drawing or through art or painting or, or photography. And and um, I had the opportunity uh, I always kind of find it, figure out a way to, to, to meld my worlds. Um, so when I was, when I went to Bowling Green, I went to Bowling Green State University to be an athletic trainer. 
after grad school is my first real job, um, making nothing basically. Um, but I went out there because I had met, um, the head trainer who used to be the, the basketball trainer at, at um, university of Arizona for Lute Olson, um, back in the day. And so I had a couple championships and he and I connected, um, after being in the pac 10 and he's just like, do you want to come out? And so I came out and went and worked baseball and hockey, um, and, uh, football with urban Meyer when he was there. Um, so that was quite a time to be there. Um, and then again, it's the relationships that you start developing. And, and so I was, I was, you know, I started pitching the Ohio athletic trainers association to be their photographer. They didn't need a photographer. Um, but I, I made sure that I, I, I convinced them they do need a photographer. Um, and I developed their website and I built, you know, I taught myself, Dreamweaver and and how to how to create and so that was like continuing to start being more of a creative you know in those sort of things those sort of senses um but um I was now able to melt both of my jobs and then while I was there doing it you know I convinced them to to, to hire to it was it was a free job but I was like listen just buy me a digital camera a couple lenses um and this software and I will take care of it for you um, so I built a whole website. I started taking pictures. I ended up getting credentialed to like the Browns games and the Ohio State games um, and was shooting everything that I possibly could of of the athletic trainers working. But at the same time, I was shooting the athletes um, and I was shooting the action. And so I was starting to build a portfolio um, at, at that point and in, in getting into different places to do that. Um, and so Long story short, you know, I was I was designing schedule posters and schedule magnets for the hockey team and doing all that stuff just because I was taking on a little bit of that extra work. Um, this was pre kids, you know, and and um, it was a great it was a great opportunity for me to to kind of combine both of my world to see if that was something that I was interested in. And I fell in love with it. Um, I remember in grad school walking, you know, walking with my wife I was in a photography like course my last semester of grad school like darkroom developing and um we were at Washington State uh, at that point and I told my wife walking I said I think I'm gonna be a photographer you know full-time and she just was kind of like yeah whatever um maybe <laughs> stay doing this so we have a stable life you know yeah. <laughs> um and uh and then you know like long story short, that's what got me into it. Like I, I started doing this. I built up a portfolio. I be, eventually, you know, moved to Arizona, worked at ASU, um, did the same thing there uh, and, and met a lot of pretty amazing people and the relationships that I started developing at that point. Um, but then, you know, the Diamondbacks had a job um, that they posted. And I just, I just literally, I remember vividly where I was sitting I was not liking what I was doing because I was in a clinic um, in the off season of, of for was the head trainer for the minor league hockey team there, the Phoenix Roadrunners. Um, that was a blast. But the off season, you were in a clinic and you really couldn't do much but take people through exercises because of rules and regulations around what an athletic trainer could do in certain states. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, scrolling through my phone, and we happened to be under the same ownership group when Colangelo owned all of the teams um, out there at that point, the Suns and the uh, and the Diamondbacks. And I saw the posting for a photo archivist position um, for the Diamondbacks, and I was I showed it to my wife, and I think I, you know, it was early email. I sent it to her, um, uh, and uh, she was like, "Cool," you know. And that's kind of how she reacts to everything, right? Not getting <laughs> hopes up or yeah. anything, and. Um, 
you know, I was like, I'm going to apply for this. And she's like, that's weird. Uh, and, but I did. Um, and I, and I interviewed for it. Um, and, uh, you know, I kind of set myself up in a unique way, um, to get the job in that, like, I, I wasn't your typical photographer or archivist. Um, but I'm teaching myself all this new technology. I pitched like how they could archive better, um, you know, because they had a small history, but a big history. Um, this is 2006 and, and, you know, they had won, they built 98, yeah. one in 01 um, in quite a, a, you know, incredible fashion that year against the Yankees. Um, and, uh, you know, my pitch was, Hey, let me come in and, and, and build this archive system um, for you guys. Uh, and I know baseball, I know the kinetics of baseball. I know the mechanics of baseball. Cause I'm an athletic trainer. I really had nothing to do with it, to be honest with you, but it helped, you know, the story. Um, and, uh, and they hired me, Doug, Doug hired me, um, to this day is one of my closest friends. And, um, you know, the rest is, is the rest is a long story, but it's, you know, it was the relationships that I made at that point. So that's, that was the tie. Nice. Nice. So like, trying to trying to put all that information together right now yep, it's like you yeah you just took me through a journey of several years and it's yep. amazing what you've been able to do and it's like you're kind of doing it all on the fly like you had no training um, right correct and you're just like teaching myself let's the just do way. it you know yep. I, that's that's pretty awesome like what i guess what else came along with that you know it's <laughs> it's definitely got to be a mental strain i mean that, that'll probably get into our conversation later on about your podcast yep yep but the mental strain of that has to be incredible yeah it was a lot um because i was um because for me it was um i i was putting everything that i had into it uh, every every waking hour of the day um and my wife was as well you know with with her work in grad school um, this was a time that we didn't really, we hadn't really even talked about having kids, um, at that point. Uh, and, um, we're, we're comfortable with maybe never having kids, you know? Um, but we, you know, we were just devoting ourselves to the jobs, um, at that point. And, and mind you, this was before, um, we had these things that run our lives, you know, um, run, ruin, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Either Maybe one. <laughs> words there. Um, actually, we, we had them, you know, I mean, at that point, it was a it was a Nokia, you know, um, <laughs> T9 texting. And again, I'm aging myself here, but this is the early 2000s. We, we forget how quickly things have have gone, you know, yeah. um, and for those of us who lived without iPhones for a long time. Um, I remember, you know, at one point thinking like, there's no way I'll ever own a flat screen TV. It's just too much money, you know, right. making more money as grad students and things like that. Um, same thing with cell phones. And so, you know, life, life changes and, and life moves on and we grow with it. Um, and so I was working my ass off um, at that point to prove myself. Um, but I was also you know, trying to change the business, um, of sports. Uh, you know, we were, we were early, uh, you know, we were, we were one of the first teams in major league baseball and all pro sports really to bring, um, an, an agency quote unquote in-house. Um, so, you know, we, we, we had designers that we brought, we hired, and we had myself that was coming on as one of the very few full-time photographers. We had John Suhu and the Dodgers and, 
and um, Steve Green, Ron Vesely, both in Chicago with the with the White Sox and the Cubs. Um, and then, you know, Michael Livens with the uh, the Red Sox. He got hired the same year I did. Um, there were very few people who were actually full time. Most people were contracted with the team, similar to what Dave Arrigo did here forever. Um, and, and, and to a to a high degree, he was amazing. Um, and so um, <clears throat> that was, you know, that was a it was a time where it was probably that that season of life, as we call it, um, where you can really take that time to to put it all in. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was, it was a lot, <laughs> um, but in a, in a good way. Right. Cause I, yeah. I, Cause I like you just, like you just explained, you were somewhat yeah. of a pioneer. Yeah. 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 And that sounds weird to say, but we were, and this happened again when I went to the dolphins and, and when we, we kind of, um, I, I am an early adopter and it drives my wife crazy. Um, it, often drive i told my boss here when i got here uh, i was like just be careful i i'm an early adopter i like to spend but i will i will back it up um yeah, with yeah. everything that i do um so if i buy something you know if i buy podcast equipment if i buy things i'm going to do really You're going cool to use it. it yeah i'm going to use it um <laughs> and if, if not then uh I mean, if you look over, I have, I literally have like a DJ turntable in my office. Yeah, I was going to say, I see the, the Beatles back there. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see, well, the Beastie Boys and, and Billie Eilish. And, oh, that is, uh, yeah, this is Beastie Boys. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> I just saw the, I saw B.E. and I was like, oh, it's Beatles. I was, uh, and I, I do have some Beatles uh, vinyl, but um, that was the, that we could talk about it later. But that was my coronavirus kick was, you know, getting in vinyl and, and getting in, um, you know, like literally like trying to be a DJ, like everything that I could do. Hey, we all um, had our weird thing. That's we I all had our weird up with this memorabilia. Yes. That was my coronavirus thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good. And it all revolves around spending money, right? Yep. Um, but, uh, <laughs> time you probably shouldn't. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. The one time you probably shouldn't have. Um, so that yeah, that for me was I, I am I am an early adopter in those sort of things and and because I don't know any other way, I, I literally yeah. don't like, that's something that like, if I, if I want to learn something, I'm going to learn it. You know, I play the drums. I have a bunch of drum sets and, and, you know, we are a very musical family. And so we have a whole room dedicated to our music, you know, um, <clears throat> that goes down to my kids as well. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that was, uh, it's been, <laughs> it's been fun in that sense for sure. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I want to talk about your time with the Dolphins because that's, that was the stuff I was able to dive into quite a bit. And it, you have it highlighted on your, on your portfolio website. Yep. And I just want to say the, the music videos that you did, the like 30, 40 second videos, fun, right? incredible. That's the kind of stuff that I want. Like whenever I was like dreaming of what I wanted to do with my career early <laughs> on, it's like, that's what it was. It was like, you know, take this, these awesome clips that you were able to take with a regular, almost regular camera, right? And yeah. And just put it to some pretty sick music yeah. and just let it roll. Well, that we had, um, you know, it's funny because that, that idea really came from Tom Garfinkel, who was our CEO um, <clears throat> and, and president. He was actually, that's the story that I didn't even talk about, right? Like I, I met him my first day at the Diamondbacks Um and, and we rode an elevator together and he had just started six weeks earlier and he's like, you're new. And I'm like, yeah, it's my first day. And he's like, cool. I'm not the new guy anymore. And then, you know, <laughs> he, I think he was SVP of, of partnerships or something at that point sales. Um, <clears throat> but 
he told me how you know he was a uh, you know very similar mind to mine in that he was you know former had been an art director and in nascar before and had done you know a lot of different things with loved photography and so we were like yeah we'll be good we'll be good friends you know and um sure enough that that relationship is the reason that i'm where i am today um i i you know kind of hands down um yeah i worked you know my ass off to get there but um when people say it's about who you know it's about who you know but but more importantly i can know everybody in the world but if i don't build a good relationship with them and prove my worth to them um then that means nothing um they won't take me along for the ride and i knew you know this was this was someone who was going to go very far it's almost like when urban meyer was like you guys should come to utah with me and we were both like eh you know like i'd love to but i i really like i remember saying like urban meyer is going to win five national championships i don't know when what but he's going to um, because that was the kind of person that he was. Um, sure enough, like, look at him, you know, like it, he was really, he was the hardest person coach that I've ever worked with. Um, but he also pushed you to the point that of your, of your breaking, but then would, would kind of like, you know, invite you to the bar that night. Um, <clears throat> those are the kind of people that was similar to, to Tom as well. Like you pushed hard, um, but you're pushed hard for a reason. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have a different leadership style than that, um, which is, which works for me. Um, but it, you know, to, to each his own, it, it works in those specific settings. Um, <clears throat> so that was, um, uh, you know, that was the music idea to, to take it back. That was Tom's, um, initial idea when he came and he's like, <clears throat> I have this vision of, of putting, um, slow-mo clip, one slow-mo clip, uh, to some old school music you know yeah, that yeah. was there's there's multiple versions we did of that but yeah. um the like the one of of jarvis landry's one-handed catch um to uh <clears throat> to I, I can't even remember what the song was i just point. listened to or i just watched it and i can't yeah. remember <laughs> yeah and, and um uh and then or, or 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 way down we go by kaleo um that was you know kaleo wasn't known you know, um, and Tom had the sixth sense. He was also a DJ as well. And so he had the sixth sense about music and what he liked. And he was such a growing up in Chicago, like he was so in, ingrained in that scene. Um, and it was really helpful to us because he's like, people don't know. I remember having these meetings and people don't know, you know, like that half of these songs came from original songs way back in the day and they're all sampled. Um, let's find the original songs and let's let's. But we did it. <clears throat> we were the first team to like buy the rights to use the music um because social media algorithms were getting smart at that point um and so they were you know we wanted to follow <laughs> follow the rules um to an extent of like license the music um right. we got with run the jewels before they were anything that was will um wow. will posthumous who was was one, is literally my best friend in the world um you know I'm, i make music with him uh constantly still um, and, uh, but, but he created a connection with their manager, um, before they broke through at all. Uh, and this was back in probably 17 ish, 16, 17, um, before they really kind of broke out. And, and so we ended up like buying the rights for nothing. Um, yeah. <laughs> songs. now you can only use them for like six weeks, right. Which is a weird yeah. thing. So you couldn't even really technically enter them in these awards, uh, shows because you couldn't, you still couldn't use them, but it worked for us, you know, because we were able to then 
then those are more than just a pretty face. I like to say, yeah, um, yeah. as you talk about creatives, we're often look creative teams are often looked on as as loss leaders. So we we spend a lot of money, um, and uh, or we have a lot of staff, and and we don't technically like an inside sales team or a sales team make money. Um, so our job when we got there it was kind of like the, there's this group of five of us um, who are all now doing. Um, you know, separate things away from the dolphins, but uh, that was one of those, those places that we all came together um, into this brain trust um, and, and started building, you know, we had, we had Vince Pinoza who now is in charge of, you know, athlete relations at Facebook and, and Patrick Arthur, who's the vice president of marketing for the chargers and surf Melendez, who's the vice president of creative at the Titans, myself and Will Postumus, who's the CMO, um, at um in bloom autism group um we really you know changed what that what that landscape was um and we talk about kind of pioneering that but that was because we had the full trust of our leadership group and it was early on and we didn't we just kind of went in with the the mentality of um let's get our hands slapped later um, let's do this and get our hands slapped later. And we got our hands slapped by the NFL quite a few times um, for, for, well, for like being one of the first teams on Snapchat or something like that, you know, yeah. and or, or 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 doing paid advertising on YouTube when, when we weren't really supposed to or or those sort of things. So we but we ended up saying like, OK, we, we need to be we had a relationship because Steve Ross uh, owned part of VaynerMedia. And so we have a relationship with Gary and VaynerMedia and. And we flew up to New York one time, you know, a couple times, and and um, they kind of taught us the intricacies uh, and the details of paid media before they were even a thing. Um, and so we were actually like, those videos that you watched, you know, were were put onto Facebook, and there was there was a little bit of money put behind them to target our demographic um, and and people who would buy tickets to come to games. Um, but then we would strategically. You know, we, we wouldn't put a call to action at the end of the video at all. It's just a logo um, because people don't want to be sold to. Um, yep. I say it to the team here. It's like the TikTok trend of tell me I need to buy tickets without telling me I need to buy tickets, yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> and that's kind of the way that you have to you have to look at those things, because if you're just straight up saying twenty five dollar tickets, Sunday, which we literally had commercials that were that at the Dolphins. Um, and Patrick literally made them and he, he'll be the first to tell you that. Um, and, uh, it's, it's changing those things and there's nothing wrong with those things, but it was just changing the way we did things and trying to innovate. Um, and then using the retargeting tools of Facebook, whether they're good or bad, and we all have opinions on, you know, how much data Facebook has, um, uh, but, but using all those things to, um, to retarget people who raised their hand and engaged with the content somehow, so if you engaged with it, meaning you stayed on it for more than three seconds, you watched the whole thing, you put a thumbs up, you liked it, um, or you commented on it, then we could retarget you with another one um, that also said, hey, come to the ballpark to meet Dan Marino or come to the stadium to meet Dan Marino, um, you know, and and you're going to get a tour with a salesperson. So, yeah. you know, there's a there was a process to our madness and the method to our madness, which multiple you know facebook and those have written case studies on it that you can find with a quick google search so um fun stuff but yeah that was the that was the 
it's funny because you know everything that you should do in these sort of thing has to have a why and has to ladder back to business objective. Um, and I don't know that a lot of creative departments understand that. Um, but but we're I'm excited about what we get to build here, you know, in Pittsburgh for that reason alone. Um, uh, but yeah, it was fun to uh, be kind of on the forefront of those things. Yeah, and I mean, first I want to say I remember when Run the Jewels was coming up. I think I was one of my. <laughs> In my group of friends, I was probably the only one that was like, these guys know what they're doing. Yeah. I, I love this. And my friends killer. are like, this stuff is ridiculous. I, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I just wanted to get that out there because I love that. Great. I got all, I got a bunch of their vinyl. I got all of them back there. Right That's there. awesome. But, uh, you know, you, you go in this elaborate, like, you're so elaborate with the way you talk and talk about the business. It's no wonder you won awards for your work. Um, what was, what's that like winning, you know, <laughs> Emmys, you know, um, it, it maybe not as, uh, listen, I don't want to downplay awards in winning a regional Emmy at all, but not as hard, I guess, as people think. Um, but you have to be in a position to, in order to, um, apply to get one, yeah. um, or to, to, to get in the running. So, you know, there are a ton of amazing, I just had a talk with the, one of our engineers here whose son works for AT&T Sportsnet and has won four Emmys. And I was like, yeah, because he looked at my Emmys, you know, sitting up there and asked like, are those real? And a lot of people say, are those real? You know, are they kind of fake Emmys? And I was like, no, they're real, but they're Suncoast Regional. It's the same exact Emmy that someone gets, you know, that you see at the, at the Emmy Awards, but they just get it for the movies that they made. Um, And we got it for, you know, um, the stories that we told. Uh, and I think that's the coolest part for me. It's, it's less about the award. It's less about the Clio's it's less about, you know, those sort of things. And it's much more about, um, what story we were able to tell, uh, when we did this and, and specifically the Doug better story, which, which I want, which, which a lot of us won work for that was again, Will, um, who I mentioned earlier, Tom Fernet, who's now the head of video for, um, um, golden state warriors. Like there's, you know, there was, there was a lot of people involved in that, that mini doc that we did um, on Doug Betters, who was one of the killer bees um, and, and was paralyzed um, uh, from, from the, you know, from the waist down in a skiing accident. Um, And, uh, and still to this day lives there on the same mountain that he got paralyzed on. And, and, um, you know, his wife and he and his wife, Jen have a foundation that is making a ton of money and doing a ton of work. Um, so being able to capture that, like made it all worth it, you know, submitting for an Emmy and winning it, it just like made it even cooler. Cause that's something I can put on my LinkedIn and hopefully get people to look at me, you know, for it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, um, so yeah, I, I, I don't want to downplay it by any means. It's super cool. Um, but I also want to say, I also try and tell people here, like I tell people here, cause they're like, can we win an Emmy? And I was like, we can absolutely win an Emmy. We just have to tell a great story. Um, and we have nothing but like, we have this roadmap in front of us here with these young players. Um, and I am just starting to, to learn about it and to learn about the history of Roberto Clemente and, and the, the 71 team, which is the 50th anniversary this year. So there's just so much that we can do and we're going to do. It makes it super exciting. Yeah, no, it's like with, with the awards, like I, I'll try to say this as humbly as possible, but that sounds not humble <laughs> is like, I technically in college, I want a telly award. There you go. But 
it was also like it's a group effort. It is. So it's like I don't take ownership of that. No. Yep. You know, there's people that did way more on it than I did. Yeah. So that's like, you know, I don't really put that out there that I won no, that. No, no. I, don't, I don't put it on my resume. Maybe I should. But yeah. <laughs> it's if you like, get, well, if you get if you get on the job market and you're looking for a job for three months, you'll put it on your resume. <laughs> yeah, pretty that much. Was me. But it's like the it's kind of like that, you know, you, after you win it, you're like, you know, this was a team effort. It wasn't just yeah. me. This isn't my award. This is yeah. our award. And it's, it's yeah. pretty crazy to think about. It's awesome. And there's a reason they put all our names on, on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And my more. next question about the award was how much did it cost? Cause I know you have to buy them. Don't you? You do. I think it's like 250 <laughs> bucks. That's not bad. No bad. It's worth yeah. it. Yeah. I was going to say it's better than I thought. I was going to guess like 500 each. Yeah. And again, it may have changed, but uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. And anytime I get to see my friends in the business, open up that Emmy on their desk, like that's a really awesome moment. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I got to look into it. I don't know if I can win any awards with this podcast, but (laughs) hey, that's that's a goal to set, right? You want to set those goals and, you know, it, it helps bring credibility. And I mean, that's for you, especially, it's kind of like a cap on like what you've been able to build for the past almost 10, 15 years. Right. right. Yep. It, it's pretty, pretty awesome feeling. Just gives you a little bit more validation. Would you say? Yeah. yeah. I, I think you could say that. I think um, uh, it helps you. It, it's weird because it, it, it helps you get, um, get noticed when you want to move into a career position like this one. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, as weird as it, it is really, really competitive um, when you get into pro sports um, or when you get into sports in general. And right now with, with COVID it's, it's, it's 10 X more competitive um, trying to get back in. I, I honestly, it says, it sounds weird to say this, but everybody was just like, when, when my, when I had to shut my startup down, they were just like, Oh, well you'll find a job. People will come after you in a heartbeat. And I kind of thought that was going to happen too you know, in a weird way, like, okay, well, I'll throw it out there and then hopefully I'll grab something. Um, and it just didn't happen that way. You know, like, you know, there's nothing more that will humble you than <clears throat> going on unemployment, you know, as a 43 year old with two kids. Yeah. Um, but I, deep down, I knew that I just needed to, to not accept the first thing that came along, you know, um, and, and, and find that. But again, that's, that's down the line, I think in the storytelling. well i do want to talk to you about um your podcast i don't know if that i'm not sure what your startup was if you want to talk about that first yep so i had the opportunity um to um multiple it goes it goes deep right because i was not in a great place mentally um after um in my like my fourth fifth year at the at the dolphins um it was a lot of work we were we were buying a lot of um uh, like we were having, you know, Ross bought part of the Miami Open. So we were hosting the Miami Open tennis tournament um, on and literally in our facility. Um, there were talks about getting F1. Um, we had bringing all we were a global entertainment destination. That was amazing. Yeah. Not necess- necessarily what I signed up for um, as well. Um, but I have to own that. That's not on that's not on them. Right. That's on me. Um, to say, okay, what do you want to do? A lot of people are like, I hate my job. And I'm just like, I, I didn't hate my job, but it was, you know, I'm the only one who can make the decision to quit. Um, and so I just started actively looking at that point. 
Um, and, uh, didn't really have many reasons to look other than I was, I, I thought for my mental health, it would be better, you know, to, to get to a different place in life. And, um, <clears throat> one of my, one of my friends who was the, he was the creative director at the Florida Panthers. That's where I met him. Um, and then he left to go to be, um, uh, the director of design for Alabama football. Um, and, uh, he got this job as employee number one at this startup called blueprint. Um, and, you know, on Instagram and everything, it looked unbelievable. Um, and I was like, wow, these guys are going to do some really good work for student athlete mental health, um, and wellness. And, and I was like, that's cool, you know, good for him. And then, you know, four months later go by or something. Um, and I'm like in a really, really bad place. And, and, uh, I remember like vividly sitting on a chair, just like in a, in a deep depression in my house and in my, my best friend, Will, whose name keeps coming up, um, sends me an Instagram, uh, story. Um, and that, that, that blueprint was looking for a head of content. And I said, you know, when you're down in a low place, your, your self-esteem is, is worthless. Um, and, and so I was just like, cool, looks great. No way I'd get even talked to, you know, um, not knowing that that was literally something that, you know, probably a job that I could have done really well. Um, so I reached out to Chris and I said, Hey, tell me about this job. You know, it was like the next morning or something. And he like called me instantly and he was just like, Holy shit, John, like we need to get you out here. You know, um, you can work remotely or, or, you know, it was weird because it was pre COVID, all that stuff. It was, this was the end of uh, 18. Um, And I said, all right, you know, he said, we're founded by these two gentlemen. um, One of whom was a uh, basketball coach who had the idea um, and he lived outside of Madison, Wisconsin. And one of them, when um, one of them was, (laughs) excuse me, um, uh, one of the early like employee number 100 at Facebook. Um, And, and that was Tom Erickson. And, and uh, Tom was bootstrapping the the company um, and kind of a silent partner at that point. But I got on the horn with all of them um, and, and interviewed and got offered a job um, as, as, um, as chief operating officer. Well, actually at that point I was, I was like head of brand strategy or something. It was a weird, didn't matter. I was just like, okay, I'll come out. It's a startup. There's only three people there, you know, um, some amazing people they had, they had hired too, along with me, Tommy Lakes, who was a, you know, a friend of mine, a photographer, um, and a, and a content storyteller who had worked at the Players Tribune and, and at University of Texas. And, um, and, uh, so I was just like, sure, like, let's do it. And I, you know, it was either moved to Wisconsin or moved to New York city. So it was kind of a no brainer for our family. Um, and, uh, that was a hard time. Yeah, it was a hard time to leave the dolphins. It wasn't easy, but I knew deep down that it was the right thing for me and my family as I was, as I was growing, um, and a, and a next step to grow my career. Um, long story short, um, this, the sports, you know, um, the sports startup, uh, if you will, for, for student athletes didn't have a great business plan. Um, and so I came in with the knowledge that I had built, uh, you know, over the past, plus I was always a really, really interested in becoming, um, an entrepreneur. Um, you know, my favorite podcast is how I built this with Guy Raz and I've just, I consume it like crazy, um, because I love hearing how things were built and seeing people succeed. Um, and so I was like, well, this is a chance, an opportunity to go do that. Um, 
And um, so I was evaluating the business plan, the product market, and realized that we had just a small product market, um, a total addressable market that we could really attack with with student athletes. Um, but we're talking about mental wellness and we're talking about mental health um, and, and, and building this content ecosystem around it. Why don't we just open it up to everybody? Um, and so long story short, we parted ways with our, our, our initial founder um, and, uh, and, and, and then Tom and I, uh, you know, he made me chief operating officer and I was essentially running the company at that point and started building the hiring and Tommy was running the content at that point. And, and we were, um, you know, working on building something really cool to build, um, to build, you know, amazing, positive mindfulness type content, um, tell stories, build a whole content ecosystem via YouTube podcasts, you know, Instagram, um, you know, we built, uh, <laughs> we acquired a smaller company and built a big, um, Instagram following pretty quickly here at better, um, and rebranded to be called better B E T R. Um, and, uh, and that was, that was a blast. You know, we had, we had a ton of fun doing it. Um, and it was very, very, very difficult to do. And then on top of that, a pandemic hits, um, and, uh, and nobody can leave their house. How do you leave your house when in create content, you know, when you're a production company, who's trying to go around the country, potentially around the world and tell these stories. Um, and so, um, yeah, it was, um, it was a great two years plus. Um, and then, um, you know, we just decided, uh, that it was, um, in our best interest to, uh, again, not directly related to COVID, but, you know, everything kind of is lately, um, you know, and, and it's just, it was hard for us to, to really find a business model there that was going to work at that point. We were really close on some partnerships and some branded content before the pandemic hit. And it's just unfortunate how it all turned out, but I learned so much from that time from, from Tom and, and, you know, how his learnings from building Facebook literally from scratch um, and uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, and, uh, and I think it really set me up for, um, for this next step in my career. Yeah. And so that, that all comes back into your podcast, Creative AF, yep. I believe yep. what it's called. Yep. And it's a lot about mental health and just, you know, basically just the hardships that our, us creators go through. It's like, we yeah. have to put on a, a happy face so we can sell our product, but it's like behind that happy face is like, you basically have told us the whole story of it. This whole podcast yeah. here is it's, it's hard. It's hard. And, and, and uh, I won't, I won't rehash it. Days. Yeah. And I won't rehash it here, but I, I remember thinking for, for two years after I left the dolphins and I wanted to start a podcast to talk about, to openly talk about mental health. Um, it took me therapy and medication to, uh, you know, eventually, eventually get started on it. Um, and finally, I, I remember thinking in the middle of the, the pandemic, like, I got to do this. Um, and, uh, you know, I got Will on as my first guest because um, he and I kind of went through it together and in, in, in tough times. And again, I always told people, like, this is not about bashing the teams or, or coaches or systems this is about learning um, how we could better take care of ourselves um, as sports professionals, um, because it's really, really hard thing to do. Um, and so, you know, I did an, I did a full first season of it. Um, and, and then as I was getting ready to start this second season, we were, you know, shutting down better and, and um, I want, I'll start it up again. Um, we actually have some, 
stay tuned for some podcast stuff from us here. Hey. Um, and, uh, and, and, and I'm going to give too much away, but it's going to be exciting. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was, um, that was a time for me to be very vulnerable. Um, and for other people, you know, I mean, just look at the people who are on it with me. It's, it's, it was like to hear their stories of, of, you know, people, from some of the best collegiate programs or from some of the best pro programs, you know, really struggling with that um, and coming to terms with that themselves and how to deal with it. Um, too often we, we, we have this rise and grind culture, which is a hate, you know, and it's not going to be me. And, and, um, and that was one of the things I said, if I ever were to get back in sports, I, I needed to make sure it's kind of on my own terms and, and that I, I vet these organizations out, um, to understand that they value that as well. And, and clearly I'm here. So clearly they do. Yeah, uh, exactly. Getting into your, your tenure now just starting at the pirates. Right. Um, it's pretty awesome, you know, to see a guy like you, like I did my research on you. I saw <laughs> how positive a guy you are just reading up on you and to see you in a position here with a team that I grew up with. It's awesome. something that I know I'm very excited about. Um, I'm sure other creatives have looked into you that are yeah. fans of the Pirates. The fans may not have, but that's why I'm here, to tell <laughs> them about you. I love so that. Let, let's talk about you coming to the Pirates. Yeah. Um, you know, how did you find the job, first off? Sure. Sorry, I'm going to refresh my mouth here. Um, oh, hey, you're fine. I've been doing it the whole time. <laughs> you know, again, this is one of those stories there that um, – it, everything comes full circle in life. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's the end of February. Um, and I'm, I'm laid off, you know, from my own company that I helped to co-found and, um, and literally at that same time, I had a friend call me who worked at a distillery in Gatlinburg, um, a friend from the dolphins, uh, and was like, Hey, I may be, you know, um, I may be hiring a, a chief creative officer, a head of creative, whatever, whatever it was at that point. And I said, I'm very interested, you know, it was something else to do a new brand that was blowing up because alcohol and, and alcohol and COVID did mix, you know, and quarantine did mix um, in a weird way. So they were, they were growing faster than they could have even imagined. Um, and another one of my friends worked there as well. Um, and uh, um, so I was like, this is sweet. This is what I'm going to do. I told my wife, it's like, we're going to move to, 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 to Knoxville, Tennessee, and it's going to be amazing. And we were like, like mentally there. It was weird. Um, and then surf Melendez, my boss from the dolphins, um, reached out and was like, Hey, um, I just got off the phone with this guy, Steven, who just accepted a job as, as EVP of marketing for the pirates. And I immediately thought, uh, pirates baseball, like, what a, you know, yeah. um, there's a history there, you know, and, uh, I don't know much about it, but I don't, you know, I kind of like shrugged it off a little bit at the time, um, because I was so focused on, on, on the distillery and potentially yeah. not getting back into sports. Um, but I, then I did my research, you know, and, and, and then Stephen reached out to me and I was like, Hmm. Okay. So Stephen Perkins, uh, came from a year and a half with the, the Washington football team in that, you know, craziness. Um, and then, uh, he also worked for nine years before that as, as marketing director for Under Armour. 
And, and to me, that's who I want to learn from, you know, like these, like, like surf, my boss before was an agency guy, Crispin Porter, and then was the global brand director for Adidas. And, and so it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I get to now potentially come and work with another one of these minds who's built one of these huge brands. Um, let's talk, you know, um, and, uh, and I'm also unemployed. So like, I want to talk to anybody. Um, I had applied, uh, you know, and interviewed at, at like three different NBA teams um, and uh, things didn't ultimately just didn't work out in the end with them. And, and I had, it's a weird time. Cause I had, I applied for probably 50 to a hundred agency jobs. Didn't even get a sniff or a call um, because they don't, I don't, I, I guess I don't, I can't speak for them, but it's hard for, for an agency job to look at my resume, having been in sports my whole life and not um, typecast me, you know, as a sports creative. Uh, they don't, they don't quite understand that we build agencies on these teams, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, um, you know, Steven was, Steven was amazing and, and we had a great first talk and then a month later, you know, um, just it, it, he had literally, I, I talked with him the day he started here. Um, and this is probably about two and a half months ago now at this point. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so his mind was racing, I'm sure. I don't want to speak for him, but um, he knew that he had to hire, you know, some leaders to come in. And, and um, you know, so I said, cool, just let me know when it gets posted, you know, and stuff. And it got posted and I went through the formal application process and, uh, and then had some great interviews. And all in all, I think it was a two um, two month plus process, um, which is good for a job at this level. I think it needs to be. Um, and everything that I talked to talking with Travis, talking with Brian Wilrecki, talking with Ted Roberts, talking with Dave Burke and Marcy and, and like, these are, you know, the executives on this team that are building something really new and really special here. And I, when I say that, I don't say that lightly because I, I wasn't going to take a job in sports just to take a job in sports. Um, it had to meet all the criteria and it did here. Um, and so that was, you know, the, I, well, the one thing I can say to the fans listening is that it, you'll see some really cool stuff soon, but be patient with us. It takes time to turn a ship, you know, um, literally. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, and uh, I think, you know, uh, Shelty will tell you the exact same thing about the baseball upside and Brian will, you know, Um and um, but we know fans, right? We're all fans, and, and patience is really hard when you when you're. But hey, when rebuilt. you're a Pirates fan, yes, patience is all you know. It's kind of like being <laughs> a Dolphins fan, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, or Diamondbacks got lucky early, you know. But yeah, yeah, Brandy and Kurt, it's hard to it's hard to lose. Um, but but yeah, so so we are, you know, um, I accepted the job, um, and this was literally like a month ago now. Um, and I, Stephen was like, can you start in a week and a half? And I was like, yeah, like, uh, you know, I had no paycheck coming in. And, and so I was like, yep. One, right? <laughs> yep. And, uh, and, and my wife and, and boys were excited. Um, it's kind of funny. I tell this story around here. Um, my oldest was, you know, they're like, how do your kids react? And I was like, they're, you know, one's a teenage boy, one's a 10 year old, like they're just chill. Like they have my kind of chill attitude. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, my oldest was kind of like, 
cool. That means I can, you know, be on the same time zone as my Florida friends for playing video games. You know, like that's, that's where his mind went. And my youngest said, aren't they like not a great baseball team? Um, (laughs) And I said, uh, yeah, but we're getting better. We're rebuilding, you know, Um, and and he gets it. (laughs) He kind of, he's my sports kid who goes all in. uh, And so, you know, we'll be, when I was interviewing the NBA, we were playing 2K all the time and, you know, trying to be those teams. And he'd suddenly yeah. be the team that I was interviewing with. Um, and uh, um, and then the so same thing here, you know, we picked up MLB and, and, and started playing a little bit. But it was really quick because I that was a quick turn. And yeah. we had to get our house ready to sell and buy a house. And um, it actually, I, I, ironically, in all of this, I, you know, we, we sold our house this morning and we bought a house this morning. Um, so we are officially, <laughs> officially a residents of, well, we will be residents soon. Um, and, um, you know, we're really excited to, to get out here and now it's just the, the madness of actually making the move. Yeah. And I, I want to go back to what you said about, uh, the agencies and the typecasting that you said that you yeah. might have. Um, I saw you tweet something about yeah. your hiring process. I, I really liked what you said. You said, I'm not looking for sports fanatics. I'm looking yes. for people who want to tell a story. Yep. And, you know, I was a little disheartened because, you know, I'm a sports fanatic. But, <laughs> but no, that's it's a great point. And I feel like it's a perspective a lot of people don't look at in yep. this field. Is yep. that you don't need the guy that knows everything that happened in the 1979 season for the Pirates. Nope. You need someone who knows how to get you to care about something. Yep. This is a skill set. Um you know, you, I can hire the greatest statistician, you know, who knows every single thing about the the pirates history. Um, but if they can't tell me a good story, um, then I have done you as a fan a disservice, you know, um, it, it for my job. So, uh, you know, it's interesting because I got into a couple, you know, Twitter arguments, whatever you want to call them with a couple of people who were just like, I disagree with you. And I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, you can disagree with me all you want, but I'm telling you what I know from experience um, in, in, in doing this. I'm telling you that if you come in after, if you're, a, if you're the biggest Pirates fan in the world and you have 120 lost season, you know, that's going to be hard for you to come to work and do your job. Um, because you are so emotionally connected to the team. Um, it's, it really is hard for people to understand. Like, like I always tell people, we used to give presentations and we put, don't be a fan on a big slide. And, and a lot of people have trouble with that, but I truly will like it's a, it's a hill I'm willing to die on um, because I, I don't think you should work for your team. Um, and people always say like, but I want it. It's my dream. It's my dream job. It's my dream team. And I was like, who's, whose dream is it? You know, because sometimes it's our parents' dream, um, and, and you know, or or sometimes it's just the dream that was kind of put into our head so that our so that it's an it's an ego play that I can say I'm working for the Pirates and I've been a lifelong Pirates fan. Yeah. I guarantee you, there's a ton of lifelong Pirates fans here, you know, which is awesome. But in in the in the creative world, it's different than being an engineer, um, you know, or something like that. It's for me, I need to hire a skill set of a storyteller. And if you are happen to be a Pirates fan at the same time, that's a win-win for me. You know, I've actually gotten, I've been introduced as I'm, as I'm getting ready to hire some, um, some leaders in, in, for my departments. Um, there's so many Pittsburgh connections. It's awesome. 
you know, um, and uh, and and there are some people in in major storytelling and video lead roles in LA who are from Pittsburgh and they're just like, listen, I want nothing more than to come tell those stories, you know? Um, but I also have a life out here, you know, and, and, um, but I'm willing to help you guys with whatever you need type thing, you know? So there's, there's something to be said for that willing to, to, to walk away from something like that, you know, when you are a big fan. Um, but I will, you know, that's to me, um, I've learned more from, you know, one visit to the Clemente Museum, um, actually going there after this again, um, than I have, um, you know, my entire life um, about the team, about the 71 team, about Clemente, um, who he is. Um, and, uh, you know, it's I'm actually going to meet Roberto Clemente Jr. this evening. And like, those are things to me that are, I can learn those things and, and I can tell those stories um, in a unique way that the fan hasn't necessarily heard yet. Um, that's, that excites me. Yeah. And I mean, this is something like that whole idea that you just put out there is something that I feel like the Pittsburgh creative community is kind of battling is like, we're all fans. Yeah. We want to do these things for the teams we're fans of. Yep. But it's like, how good are you at it? You know? Yeah. Um, I had a conversation with Chris Carter from DK Pittsburgh sports. And I was like, yep. are you, he, he covers the Steelers. Yep. And I was like, he's a lifelong Steelers fan. I was like, are you able to be a Steelers fan while you're still reporting <laughs> on the, on this team? And he's like, absolutely not. Yeah, you can't. And I'm like, wow. Cause like, I see guys that, um, that I'm friends with, like, uh, the guys that are around the 412, especially Smitty from around the 412, he's doing yeah. great, great work reporting on what's going on with the Steelers at the yep. same time being a diehard fan. Yeah. And it's one of those things. It's like some people can do it. Some people can't. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. very, it's a very thin tight rope to, to, to walk. And it's interesting. It <laughs> and I feel like that's why you probably got so much, uh, so much of an argument towards what you posted. Yeah. And, and just as much of, 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 of the few vocal people were the people who agreed um, you know, the people who have been in sports a long time and know that, um, yeah, it helps when you're not, uh, uh, and again, I am, I am qualifying or quantifying my statement by saying the super fan, right. Um, that's a very subjective, uh, statement. Um, I think we're all, I always say I'm a fan of whoever pays my paycheck. Um, and, uh, you know, because, Again, that's 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 giving my me and my family a life. Um, but I will. But but I also said I'm a fan, and because I now am, will be the biggest proponent of the Pittsburgh Pirates that you'll ever know. I may not know all the history, but I'm going to learn it, um, right. and I will retweet everything that Josh shoots and and Madison creates and Craig tweets and 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 um, you know this team here is building, and they're very humble. Like you you, you very you probably don't even know who these people are behind the scenes. Um, and I think that's a good thing probably a little bit as well, because fans can be brutal and it's not good for your mental health sometimes in those roles um, to be known. Uh, so um, I think there's a fine line between that. Um, but also like, we're just here to put out the best work that we possibly can and tell the best stories of the pirates. And hopefully, um, you know, when we start winning and, and playing and playing good, you know, like, I mean, we had two walk-offs in a row. That's awesome. Yeah. Like that, that, that's exciting. 
to me and I'm going to be the first one to tweet about it and post about it. Um, and, uh, and, and so I don't, you know, I, I hope people understand that it's, it's not necessarily um, a lack of fandom. It's just a lack of, 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 of obsessive fandom um, to the point where, you know, I'm not throwing anything at my TV when we lose um, you go on and it's hard. That's hard for people, but you have to, in these roles to your point of what you're uh, of, of what you're um, what you talked about earlier. Like it's uh, I, I'm losing my train of thought here, but, but essentially like, yeah, we, you know, you can't cheer when you're working for the team. Um, especially if you, you can, if you're not off the clock, but if you're in the press press box, yeah, you can't cheer. Um, I've had people come assist me on the sidelines, you know, at a football game and, and it's a little different because it's loud, you know, and stuff like that, but you can't get autographs, you know, and that's not why you're there. You're there to do a job and, and you can't, um, you, you can't audibly cheer, you know, like it's, you, you can cheer inside, but if I cheer, for you know after we score a huge touchdown to win the super bowl guess what i'm missing all those photographs you know um and so there's a fine line in in understanding how to how to be a creative first and then soak it in you know i've been soaked with enough champagne uh celebrations you know during the 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 three or four times that i got to do it at the d-backs that I, I long for that. There's nothing more than that and the only time i ever really got emotional was actually talking about it last night was in 2011, um, when we, when we made it into the playoffs and I think it was the NLCS we were playing against the, um, the Brewers and, uh, and Ryan Braun came back and they beat us. And then Ryan Braun got caught again. And that was very emotional for me because that was the one time that I knew, like we had a, we had this kind of great team that were where we could have really made the, the world series at that point, you know, and it had a run at it. So, um, yeah, and that's yeah. fun. Again, it's, it's, it's ego driven too. Right. I'm not, I'll be the first one to say that. Like you want a ring, you know, um, because you want to show your friends that you have a ring, you know, and, <laughs> and as weird as it sounds like that's that there's a, that plays a huge part of it. And if anybody tells you it doesn't, they're lying. Yeah. And I mean, I'm going to say this as unbiasedly as I can, Yeah, but I feel like once the team you're working for right now gets their, gets their crap together. Yeah. I, th- I feel like that's going to be hard not to get emotional because it won't, yeah, it won't just be. just the way I don't know if you've seen it yet because you've only been there for two months, but yeah, the way It'll Pittsburgh be. is and how close knit it is and how close knit the uh, sports teams are. It's like when one succeeds, all of us, all of them succeed. It's huge. And it's very, it's very hard not to get emotional about it. And even myself as, you know, just a fan of sports, yeah, you know when the Cubs went, won the World Series, they're in the division. I hate them. I know when they won. I was like, I was, I was teary eyed. I was just, me too. I was like, this is crazy. It was a great moment. You exactly. Know? I that's what, and that's what's hard to get away from. But some yeah. Pittsburgh fans, I'd say most Pittsburgh fans, is they're not able to look at a sport as it is. They have to look at it as, oh, my team's not in it, so I don't care. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But like enjoy the moment for these kids. Like I want to see the pens pens win it again, you know. Yeah. Um, like that's it's just just like to be able to look at sports and see like the old saying, how can you not be romantic about baseball? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's that's how I look at sports as a whole. Yep. Um, but obviously I have my fandom, as you can (laughs) see. 
but um yeah talking about being or first i want to talk about the young bucks okay um that's something i think we've seen on social media before you you came to the pirates yep um are you how excited are you to work with those young guys that are coming up through the system that you're basically going to be able to cover their entire careers in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I've had, um, I had a conversation with Brian Stroh and, and um, I'm actually setting up a zoom with um, a lot of them and some of the current players to, you know, introduce myself, let them know what, who I am, what we're trying to, the stories we're trying to tell. It's so different than when I was in it, when these kids are, they're kids. Right. And so I can use that term when they are, are so savvy on social media um, and they want to be a part of this content. They understand how important content is for them. Um, that's there's, there's nothing cooler than that, you know, um, to be able to, we're going to grow with them, you know, and grow into this organization with them and be able to tell the stories of the Dominican Republic and the stories of, you know, where these, where these kids are coming from and um, you know, where this first round draft pick, you know, what, what, what he's going to do for this team. And, and um, you know, the baseball drafts never been covered like the NFL. Like that was like, we prepped for that for, for six months, you know, um, in the NFL and, and, uh, and, but if we can start telling some of those stories and creating those emotional connections quickly um, I'm, I'm real excited about that. You know, it's still very new to me at this point, but, but Craig and the team are doing an amazing job with, uh, with, with, with the young bucks. Yeah, and I'd say from from the fan perspective, it's I haven't seen it like this before with the Pirates, where everybody knows who the young guys are because they're yeah. just that good. Yep. You know, it's like yep. I remember before the season started, you know, I was calling for Nick Gonzalez, last year's first round draft pick, to be yeah. on the major league squad. Yep. And everybody's like, calm down. And I'm like, this kid <laughs> is gonna be the next big thing in Pittsburgh, I'm telling you. I and now, that. you know, unfortunately, Cabrian Hayes. Yeah. He, is injured so we don't get to see what he's doing but you got philip evans stepping up and basically yeah. being what cabrian was supposed to be so well, we saw cabrian in game one right like he was he, yeah he uh, yelled his own <laughs> exactly so it's like th- this is a team that i feel like is going to be very it's going to be so easy for you guys to tell that story of yeah. these guys because they're just everybody's behind them everybody wants to see what they can do yep. and you guys are the storytellers behind them so I, I think it's going to come off very well. Um, awesome. Before yeah, I let- and major kudos to to Terry Rogers, who's been here a long time, and he's he's put you know he he has built quite a team and is still doing you know daily like just kind of like I love I love getting to work with him first of all. Like he's he's one of those people that I came on board and I was really excited to get to know and meet and you know he's just a storytelling mind and he really built social media for the Pirates. You know, yeah. like there's, there's, there's no doubt about it. Like you did. Like, and that's the thing part. is the pirate social media is one of the best, I think in major league sports. Yeah. It's awesome. And it has been for a, a, quite a while. So that's, it's awesome to see too, because we're not a good team. I know, <laughs> but our, the social media team is one of the best out there. They nail it. And I you know, I, I was able to talk with uh, Andy Perlman. She's yeah. the VP of digital with the penguins. Yeah. And you know, they, they're, they're just, they just did a deal with TikTok, you know, and that's kind of what it all develops into is, you know, you get these deals and you're able to connect your stories even better. Yep. Um, So before I let you go, uh, we've had a great conversation. It's longer than I expected, but it was was fantastic. Um, I do want to test your, you've only been there a little bit, but I want to test two weeks, uh, two weeks. 
I want to test your Pittsburghese a little bit um, oh before I let you go. Oh god. Um. So when I say, "Hey, it's gay Dan Tanner," what what did I just say? I have no idea. <laughs> say it again. Hey, let's go downtown tonight. Let's go downtown tonight. Close, very close. Let's go downtown and that. And that. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw it because we have and that on one of our scoreboards. That's my favorite. I whenever that goes on when I'm when I'm at the stadium and that comes up, I just scream it. I'm like, charge it at. That's yeah. my favorite. <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah, Craig, so. Craig Milko is just literally kind of sitting outside of my office. But man, that guy can. He can do Pittsburgh dad like you wouldn't believe. It's amazing. Oh, my God. My brother, his accent is so <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you one more. And it's a little – I'd say it's it's Pirates-centric, but it's also not at the same time. All right. Hey, you know them buckets wanted that? I think I heard the Zambellis going off. Uh, the Buckos, so, so the Pirates. Yeah. Uh, Zambellis? I have no idea. What's that? The fireworks show. The fireworks. Why it's are they Zambelli Zambelli? fireworks. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure Zambelli's is, uh, you know, centered in Pittsburgh or Western PA. So it's awesome. It's always the Zambelli fireworks show. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, it's fun. It's fun to watch all the headshots that we do and that Paul uh, Danilo has created with his team. And, and um, man, there's, there's so much history that you can learn just by watching those, you know, and I, and getting to drive out, again, to Clemente Museum the other day and passing, you know, the, the, the was it Penn Macaroni and, or, um, you know, some of these spots uh, on the strip. And I was just like, man, that's okay. I'm starting to understand it and get it now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll let you know, probably in the next two months, you'll probably be speaking Pittsburghese and you won't even know it. I love it. I love Cause it. it just, you know, it just comes, you know, yeah, for me, for me, it comes a little more when I've been when I've had a few yeah, icy of lights. After yep. I've had a few icy lights, it, it just comes out. It's it's that water out of Latrobe. It just <laughs> tell you, like I'm I'm going to, and maybe tonight's the night that I I go and grab an icy light and a Permani Brothers because I haven't I haven't partaken yet. So oh, there you go. That's I will listen. You have to, and you have to tell me what you think because okay. I tell all my friends I'm out here in Jersey. I'm like. Nothing beats a Permani Brothers sandwich. <laughs> like there is a reason every time there's a draft pick for the Steelers, yeah, or somebody gets traded to the Steelers, they, they bring great to Permani's. Yep. They make their own sandwich, and you know there's a reason for it. That's great. <laughs> I love that. Well, I think they built one in actually Fort Lauderdale too, right? Right after yeah. I left or something. So yeah, they they have them in Fort Lauderdale, and I believe Indianapolis. There's there's one. There. Oh, good. I got family out in India and I got to go visit the uh, Indians. So I'll, I'll partake out there too. There you go. There you go. Well, John, thank you for coming on. Uh, I'm looking forward to what you're able to do in the future here with the pirates. And hopefully I've given you a great inter or given the fans a great introduction <laughs> to who you are and what you are going to bring to this team. I love it. I love John it. Willie, well, thank thanks you. For joining me. Take care.
Calling all partners. Losing weight is better together with Nutrisystem's Partner Plan. In fact, people who diet together lose 20% more weight than dieting on their own. Get new premium meals with up to 30 grams of protein. They're big and filling and taste delicious. Plus, try our new restaurant faves that taste like your favorite restaurant portioned with half the calories. Don't wait. You could win big cash during Nutrisystem's Better Together Partner Plan 100K giveaway. And maybe win the grand prize of $25,000. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off your first month. You heard me right. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Don't wait. This partner plan offer will not last long. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin. See website for details on our two-month subscription offer. No purchase necessary. Open only to U.S. residents over 21. Void where prohibited. Runs December 25 through April 4th, 2022. For official rules, visit Nutrisystem.com. Sponsored by Vives en Virginia. Si recibiste la vacuna contra COVID-19, sigues estando protegido. Este otoño estaremos poniendo dosis de refuerzo para ayudar a prolongar esa protección. No olvides que el Departamento de Salud de Virginia sigue siendo tu mejor fuente de información sobre el COVID-19. Para saber si puedes recibir la dosis de refuerzo y programar una cita, visita vaccinate.virginia.gov o llama al 877-829-4682. Este es un mensaje del Departamento de Salud de Virginia. 